Welcome back to another episode of From the Stands. I am joined by Dumb, Dumb, and Dumber. And I brought uh, it back this week. Had to. I had to. It feels like a solid intro. Mm. Oh, what a tough week it was for the boys in picking literally anything. It didn't matter what sport. Uh, we all did pretty bad. Um, we'll start with updated standings. From worst to first is still Mr. Lance Charles himself. He got two points this week to All move up to 20. Uh, Jack got real lucky with his Russians and Strategic. ended up with three this week to move himself into sole possession of second at 19. I'm last anymore. I got two. Thankfully, I was real good on football picks this week, which is... A good, a good sign for me moving forward. I've got two. I'm up to 18 in sole possession of third. And Joe going from first to worst. We've got a worst to first and a first to worst. Um, got one point this week and is now at 17. So still anybody's game, really. 20, 19, 18, 17. We've been keeping it real close all season. This is week Eight. So, including this week, we've got five weeks left in this pick'em season, and things are gonna get dicey. The NBA is back this week. Um, I don't know how to feel about it yet. I really think the the in season tournament this year is really gonna dilute the game and the competitiveness. I was excited about them saying they're gonna make players play, and you can't sit out and shit like that. And then they bring some dumbass tournament like this in, and it just kind of throws me off. So. Um, we'll see how that goes. Still, you know, excited for it to be back. Excited to see, um, hopefully some guys take some steps up this year, like SGA, like De'Aaron Fox. Um, and, you know, also seeing if some guys like, you know, Julius Randle, guys like that can bounce back. Um, we will go ahead and start with our games. Mr. Lance is going to give us the games. He's also going to pick first and we have got some doozies. So we'll start in the NBA. We got a couple of those this week. Thursday night, we got a big game. We got Suns against the Lakers. And it's year New look Suns. It's year 21 for the greatest basketball player in the history of the NBA. I won't argue, <laughs> I won't argue with your delusional opinions today. I don't know how I want to take this game cuz when this when we are recording we won't get the Tuesday games. The Lakers are playing the Nuggets tomorrow night, and I think the Nuggets win that one. So I think I'm going to take. I think I'm going to take the Lakers in this one because I think they're going to lose on Tuesday, and I don't think they start zero and two. I know the Suns are good, but they still have some chemistry that they got to build up with Beal in there with no Aiton. It's going to take a little bit of time for that team to gel. I'm taking the Lakers. Well, I. Uh... As you all know, I am also a Lemite writer. Um, I also worship my my glorious King LeBron. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think the Suns are a little too talented in this instance. I think I think the Lakers are going to lose against the Nuggets, and I think they're also going to lose against the Suns. And I think those are the two best teams in the West right now. Um, I think the Lakers are going to be vying for a playoff spot, but I think it's going to come after a tough 0-2 start. So I'll take the Suns on Thursday night. I like where your head's at, Jack. Um I am also going to rock with the new-look Suns. I'll keep it short and sweet. They're a lot more talented. Um, Booker, Beal are still in their primes. They're much better than any guard that the Lakers are going to put on the floor this entire season. 
Also, in game two is probably about the healthiest I think we'll see the Suns all season. So I, I don't, I'm not really worried about the gelling because there's just too much talent and too many scorers on that team. For me, it's going to be can this team stay healthy throughout the course of the season because they are heavily dependent upon that big three of Booker, Beal, and KD, especially with no Aiton now. Um, Nurkic, though. I also think the Lakers are going to have another slow start. Um, I think they're going to be, again, kind of where they were at last year, really sluggish start and really trying to push for that six seed to play to stay out of the play-in again this year. I could see them back in the play-in again this year, and for that reason I am going to take the Suns as the Lakers start off 0-2. I think I'm taking the Suns, but I don't think the Lakers are going to start 0-2. I think they'll beat the Nuggets on opening night. Interesting. Okay. I think Jokic hasn't been doing jack shit in the offseason because he's just been in Serbia, Serbia. riding horses, and he's not going to be as dominant as he was after a full 82-game season. I feel like he's like Luka. He plays in shape, plays to get in shape. So I'm I'm taking the Lakers to win week, game one, lose to the Suns week game two. I want to hop in a little bit more to that, to your Nuggets point here in a little bit, but I'll put a pin in that. Give me game two. Game two will stay in the NBA. This is, you said, Friday? The game is Friday, I believe, yes. Friday. A lot of games on Friday. The Oklahoma City Thunder against the Cleveland Cavs. It'll be an interesting game because of the Thunder. I'm big on the Thunder this year. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I believe this game is in Cleveland, by the way. It is in Cleveland? It is. I think the Thunder are going to have – they're going to have Chet this year. They're going to have him working with SGA and Josh Giddy. Giddy. Um, The Cavs have something to prove again because they – Got doo-dooed on by the Knicks in the playoffs. That's a talented roster. I'm going to take the Cavs at home. I think the first primetime game for some for uh, for Chet, I don't know if he'll play well. And um, I think I think Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell are going to come out hot and start the year. I'll take the Cavs. I think this game is going to be really explosive uh, guard play from both sides. I think Shea and uh, Donovan Mitchell are going to be uh, exchanging blows the whole game. Two potential, well, two different positions, I guess, because Shea plays point and Mitchell plays shooting guard. But two of the top – Donovan Mitchell is a top five shooting guard in the league. I think Shea could potentially move himself in that top five category for PGs this year. Yeah, I think him and him and Giddy and then uh, Garland and Donovan are going to be just – it's going to be high scoring, I think. I think the – the big man, there's two defensive kind of powerhouses down low. I think Chet's got that shot-blocking ability and kind of clogs up the center, and so does Evan Mobley as a top three defender. So I think they're going to neutralize each other a little bit because I don't think Evan Mobley's the greatest offensive threat. They got Jared Allen, too. They do have Jared Allen. So they Jared got, Allen's their center. They're going to be really clogged up down at the bottom. Um, but I'm actually going to take the Thunder. I think I think this game's going to be, like I said, high scoring. I think Shea's going to get the last laugh in this one. I think you've got, on both sides of the ball, two guards on each team that could both average 20-plus points per game this season. I think Darius Garland, with another year under his belt, with one of the best shooting guards in the game and Donovan Mitchell, is going to elevate his game even more this season. I think he's going to be really good. I think the same for Josh Giddey. Um, Dude balled out last year quietly. I think averaged about 17 points per game. Um, alongside SGA, who was one of the league's only 30-point-per-game scorers last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think the guard play is going to be really exciting. 
Um, it's going to be very explosive. We're going to see a lot of tough shots, difficult shots fall in on both sides. Um, I do think, however, that the Cavs have an edge on them talent-wise just throughout the entire roster. Um, off the top of my head, I can't think of either team's small forwards. I do think Jared Allen has the the edge on Chet currently, um, not knowing what we're going to get out of Chet after you know missing the entirety of last season. This is going to be his only his second professional game of his career. I think he starts off slow this year. I don't think he's going to be. I don't think he's going to explode onto the scene. Um, I think it's going to take him some time, get some reps in, and, and get back there. So I think this game, while will be high scoring and explosive from both ends, I think this game is going to come down to points in the paint and rebounds. And I got to give that edge to the Cavs. So give me the Cavs at home. Give me the home team. <laughs> I rock with the Cavs. He doesn't feel confident. No, he didn't like either one of those pigs. No. I don't. I don't really. I think SGA is probably going to emerge as by the end of the season. We'll look back on game this game and say he was the best player on the floor. But I don't know if he has the best supporting cast. So I'm going to take the Cavs. All right, let's move to uh, to some CFB real quick. CFB. I will go to the less anticipated game first. We got Tennessee at Kentucky. Kentucky has been interesting. Interesting. They're both five and two. Kentucky's had some great games. They've had some really Bad lackluster games. games. And Tennessee has been pretty average the entire season. They've been disappointing to what we thought Joe Milton was going to be and to what we thought Tennessee was going to be. But I'm still going to take Tennessee on the road. I think they just got a little bit more firepower on that offense. I don't trust Devin Leary. And um, I think if it's... If it's going to come down to which offense plays better, I'm riding with Tennessee. Jack, what's the uh, what's the prediction right now? Like the spread? No, what is uh, the FPI predictor or whatever? Oh, 70, 70% Tennessee. What's the line? It is four. Tennessee, Tennessee minus four? Minus four. Um, I think Tennessee is too, too overpowered. Uh, is he gonna, uh, excuse me. I think they're going to overpower uh, Kentucky. Um, who's, oh, I was trying to find Kentucky's other loss to Missouri. Um, I think Florida, or geez, I think Tennessee is uh, way too talented for Kentucky. I think Devin Leary has been really disappointing this season. Uh, I don't think he has that, um, mentality, that discipline, that IQ that everybody thought he had at NC state. Um, I think that Tennessee, I think Joe Melton played really well. I think they got out schemed by the best coach in college football history last week in the second half. Um, and I think Tennessee's going to pull away with this one. I'll say Tennessee gets the win on the road. I really I like some of the things Kentucky has done this season. I like Mark Stoops. I think he's a good coach for what, you know, what he has to play with in the conference in which he does play in. I like Kentucky a lot more earlier in the season. Ray Davis is a dog Dude can run pretty much all over anybody unless their name is Georgia. Um, you know, they've played some good defense. They've they've made some some good plays and gotten some good wins. I would take Kentucky in this game if they had a quarterback that I trust. They do not. Leary is not the answer. So for that reason, give me the volunteers. And uh if you're if you're out there and you're you want to place a a monetary wager on this game, I would take Tennessee minus four. 
the broom's ready because this is going to be a sweep. <laughs> I'm not going on a Kentucky Island. <laughs> I was not losing back to back. So give me Tennessee. I don't blame you. There's no way I'm taking a Tennessee Island. All right, next game. Next game is probably going to be the best game of the weekend in college football. Could be. I think it probably will be. Oregon and Utah. We have just recently received news that Cam Rising will no longer play this season. Out for the year, after, which is very devastating. After weeks of anticipation. Nobody anticipating it more than me. I, I think that dude's a baller. I thought Utah had, like, CFP hopes this year if Cam Rising played. Bo Nick's better. So, they have to work with Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson. Barnes played really well against USC. USC. I don't think he's going to do it two weeks in a row. I know it's a home game, and I know Utah's defense is top, I'd say probably two in the Pac-12 other than Oregon. But I think Bo Nix is going to, I think Bo Nix is going to show out and he's going to finally expose the Utah defense and Oregon's going to win. I think Utah is just on an absolute tear right now. I think they're being extremely well coached and their offense and defense, despite missing a lot of pieces are clicking and, uh, kind of firing on all cylinders. I think the defense held one of the best offenses in college football um, to under their points per game, and their their offense outscored their usual points per game. Um, however, I think Oregon is one of the most talented teams in the country. They went toe-to-toe with Washington, who's um, been an absolute cannon on offense. They've just been firing on all cylinders. Um, I think their defense is almost to par with Utah's. I think it's Pretty underrated, especially with a defensive-minded head coach. So I'm going to take Oregon on the road. Uh, I think Bo Nix has a good game, and uh, they get it done. Give me the home team. Okay. Um, I like Utah's defense. I don't. I think uh, people are not giving it it's the credit it deserves when you say one of the best in the Pac-12. I think it's one of the best in college football. Um, they do very well. They're really good at getting in the quarterback's face, making it uncomfortable, making you move out of the pocket, making you make plays that you are not used to making, and that's what makes a good defense to me. You can give up plays, you can give up first downs, you can give up yardage, but if you can make the quarterback play uncomfortable the entire day, make throws he's not used to making, have him move outside of the pocket, hit him a few times, force that pressure, it is really tough to play well as a quarterback when a defense knows exactly how to get you out of your comfort zone, and that's where turnovers happen. We haven't seen a lot of turnovers over – we have not seen a lot of turnovers from Bo Nix this season. I think we see at least one, maybe two, against Utah this weekend. Their offense does look good. I'm Obviously, you know, I'm taking Utah 100% of Cam Rising is playing. Um, Makes me a little nervous because we don't know kind of where that quarterback room is leaning right now between Nate Johnson and Bryson Barnes. However, I think they're they're playing fired up. They're playing hot. Kyle Winningham, currently me and Jack were talking about this before um, we started recording today. Kyle Winningham right now might be a top five college coach, the way he has put that team together, um, missing you know their most important and impressive player in Cameron Rising. Oregon every single year loses a game Oregon should not lose. Every single year, Oregon loses a game they should not lose that takes them from being contenders right out of contention. And if there was any game the rest of the way that I think is a, is a trap game,
for a good Oregon team. I think it's this one. I think it's even harder to win given that they're playing in Utah. Um, home field advantage, I think, shows out the most in college football. I think we see a few Bo Nicks turnovers. I don't think the offense plays really well. I think it's a low-scoring game. I got Utah winning somewhere around 21-17 to 17 in this one. I was going to say, I just looked it up. Uh, Oregon has the second-ranked total offense in the country and the 20th-ranked total defense. Utah has the 12th-ranked total defense and the 98th-ranked total offense. So I think it's... 21. Just some interesting numbers to seventeen would be a good prediction there, sir. All right, well, um, Utah is coming off a big win but on the road. Yes, but this is the same USC team that almost lost to Arizona. Did lose to one of the best teams in college football, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. <laughs> almost lost to Colorado. Almost lost to Colorado. You up forty two to Colorado after being up like twenty eight. And I don't think it's as impressive as people are making it out to be because I feel like USC's not that guy. Oregon, on the other hand, is coming off a game which they should have won, but their kicker sucks ass. And they also beat up on Washington State last week. It was a good team. Oh, they won last? Washington State. How long ago was Washington, Oregon? Two Two weeks weeks ago. ago. They they Um, played Washington State last week and won. I'm taking Oregon. Bo Nix, probably going to throw over 350 yards, four tutties. <laughs> so, so I was going to take an island. This is the island I wanted to be on this week. So far, we got sweep. Or we got sweep, island, island, island. It's a good place to be. It's a great place to be. If I was going to take an island out of any of these games, that's where I'm going. That's my island. All right. We've got one more game. And it'll probably shape out to be... It's going to be a really good game. Probably the best game in the NFL this weekend. Bengals at 49ers. A 425 kickoff in the Bay. I don't know how to pick this game because there's a bit of an emotional tie to my Bengals, but the 49ers are the best team in football. The best team. Mm. You know what? We're going to talk about this some more, too, after this. The best team in the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. Eagles are not better. I'll. You can say that. We'll we'll talk about it after. We'll we'll get into that a little bit more after. My Bengals against the best team in the NFC. I think. Well, the Forty Niners are going to win this Monday Night Football game against the Vikings, and then they're going to they're going to go back home. (sighs) I don't know. I'm going to take the Forty Niners because it's just a tough matchup, and I want to pick the Bengals. I'm surprised you didn't. But there's still time. <sighs> no, I'm gonna lock it in. I'm taking the 49ers. I will not be rooting for the 49ers, but I don't know if You might be. I don't know if Joey B is gonna get it done on the road. I think he might still have a couple more weeks before we see vintage Joe Burrow. And it's like I said, it's just a tough matchup. I'm taking the Niners. Yeah, I I think if so, Debo's going to be out for that game, right? Or he's yes. like a game time for that game. Debo should be out for that game. I think I think the 49ers are going to win this game. I think their defense is too talented, and I think they have too many. Their offensive line is too good. Their defensive line is too good. Their secondary's been playing stellar. Their 
Brock Purdy has been playing very well in that system so far, and uh, I think the 49ers are going to pull out another another big win to continue their very good season so far. All right. So just, just looking at some numbers here for Burrow, we have yet – we've had one vintage game from him so far this season. It was against Arizona, so that doesn't say much. Threw the ball 46 times for 317 yards. Did have a 78% completion percentage on those with a 7 yards per attempt average, three TDs, one interception, a 63-yard bomb. Um, he has been sacked three three times in three straight games. Three sacks against Seattle, three sacks against Arizona, and three sacks against a bad Tennessee Titans team. I don't like the way the offensive line is playing right now. It doesn't seem like his receivers really rally around him. They're more, even Jamar, kind of blaming him for not getting them the ball currently. They've definitely regressed from last season. Um, we have seen in their secondary that the loss of Jesse Bates has been a big one to that defense. They're not getting a ton of pressure. Um, they're having a tough time stopping bad teams. And the Niners are just firing all, on all cylinders. I would like to say maybe this is the game that Joey B gets back on track. I think had you taken the Bengals, I probably would have taken the Bengals because I got a gut feeling that the Bengals – could pull us one out in the bay and and get back on track, get get back on the road to, to winning their division um, with the Ravens sitting where they are at right now. But I don't want to be on that island because I don't trust that team, so give me the Niners at home. Well, I think Joe Burrow is going to come in, get back on track in this game. I'm Man. thinking 350 yards. Three touchdowns, an interception. I could see him getting back on track in a loss, though, which is I think why Debo, it was going to be tough to take him. Debo's going to be back most likely that week. He's most likely not going to play that week. What's his injury? He has a hairline fracture in his shoulder. So he's pulling out Sean Watson. out one to two weeks. Regardless, they've got Kittle. They've got CMC. They've got Ayuk. I am going to do Lance a favor here because every time we all pick the same team, that team loses. So give me the Niners to beat the Bengals, and I can guarantee you the Bengals will be the victor when we come back <laughs> next Thursday. If they are, I'm going to be upset because that was my gut pick. That's what my gut's telling me to take, but that's not an island I want to be on. I really wanted to take it, but had you taken it, I would have rocked with you. I I wanted to take it, but it's just a little risky. And th- at this point, at this point in the pick'em season, I cannot, I cannot lose myself. If you were, if you would have taken him, I was going to take him. I didn't want to be on that island by myself. I kept thinking about seasons one and two, and I was, I was really it. hoping you were going to go there, honestly, because that's that's where my heart's at. That's where the stomach's telling me to go is Bengals. But it is what it is. I digress. Um, let's talk about the NFL a little bit. Still one of the weirdest seasons I've ever watched in my life. Um, I could I, I can't take anything away from this season yet. I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I think you have a few front runners. But even then, I feel like those front runners could lose at any moment in time. 
You've got, in my opinion, you've got three front runners. Mm-hmm. You've got the Chiefs. You've got the Niners. You've got the Eagles. That's that's tier one. That those are contenders. Yeah. Maybes, teams that have potential, but we just don't know if we're going to see it out of them. The Bills. I've got the the Bills. Ravens. The Ravens. Dolphins. The Dolphins. The Bengals. Them boys. Cowboys. Bengals. Cowboys. Bengals. I will put the Lions in that category right now. Yeah, probably five and two. Probably should. I think you have to because of their record. Um, you could slide the Seahawks in there if you wanted to. I don't think to see. I I still think these guys on tier two are like playoff pushes, all of whom could make their conference Jags. championship. Jags. I don't see them as true contenders yet. But the Bills are. Yeah, but the Bills are. The thing for me about the Bills is they are more talented than the Jags. They've got more explosiveness on offense when they're clicking. They've got a good defense. They are playing. They have just gotten. They're, the Bills and the Chargers are equally as talented, in my opinion. The difference is the Bills have a better coach, and they have found a way to win a couple close games, whereas the Chargers have been on the the wrong side of close games, and they have a terrible head coach. I don't think McDermott's a good coach. I think, I think Doug Peterson might be a better head coach than Sean McDermott. I'll, it's an argument. I'm not I saying would put I agree McDermott with him, on the same time. level as the Bengals do. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Yeah, I think they're on the same level. I'm, Except for McDermott's a defense. I think Zach Taylor's a good coach. He's just a little young. He's still a little I'm, a, I'm okay with that comparison, though, because you've got two teams who are uber talented. Obviously, the, the Bills have more talent on defense. They do have a lot of injuries this year to some very key defensive players. So I don't mind that, that comparison. I think both teams, both the Bengals and the Bills, have yet to play up to full expectations yet. Like, if we, if you get to the AFC playoffs and you see the Bengals team that beat the dog shit out of the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, that team can run the table. You're talking about the Bills. Did I say Bengals? Mm -hmm. I meant to say Bills. If we see that Bills team that beat the dog shit out of the Dolphins, they got pressure, they didn't turn the ball over, Josh Allen was very effective with his passing, I think that's a Super Bowl contender. If we get the Bills team that just played this past weekend, who do they lose to? Patriots. Yeah, Patriots. if we get that Bills team, they're a first-round exit. But I can say it, that's that's why I have them on that tier two because I get I feel like we can say that pretty much about any team in the league right now, except those three teams that we all unanimously agree on. They might not even make the playoffs. Are in tier one. Bills are the seventh seed of the season. I think right, right now. now the Bills are a team that just. Ride the highs too. They they are too high and too too low. low. Yeah, they're very. It's a very emotional football team. Diggs cannot control his emotions. No, that man is. I Josh he's one Allen. of my favorite receivers, and I think he is one of the best in the league. But I think right now he is the most diva in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, he's up there. I would put Devonte has been a diva this year. I would put him over Devonte. Not as much as Diggs though. Jamar's been talking Diggs some is, shit. Diggs gets super animated. Devontae just complains. He's like, oh, I don't really want to play here. But it's not like, I mean. I see Diggs. I would say, as far as Diva goes, I see Diggs more on the sideline than anybody else. Yeah. Now, I don't see him talking to the media, though, as much as, like, Devontae does or Jamar has so far this season. I, so, I guess you got to kind of pick and choose. Like, 
where you're. And if I, think, I was Devontae, I'd be pissed too because Jimmy G sets that dude up every play to get fucking to get destroyed. fucking drilled. And I get think fucking drilled. I still think the Bills put too much on Josh Allen. They have. I was listening to something um, last night. So against against the the Pat, they ran it, and my numbers are going to be a little off. They ran like seventy something offensive plays. Josh Allen threw the ball 46 times and had eight or nine carries. He accounted. The ball was placed in his hands, and he was, it was like, you got to make the play over 75% of the Bills' offensive snaps against the Patriots. Very hard to win football games that way, especially against a guy like Bill Belichick, whose primary goal is to stiffen. Josh Allen. He's going to make somebody other than your best player beat you. When you're playing coaches like that, it's very hard to put the ball in your quarterback's hand over 75% of offensive snaps and go, here you go. This is you. You got to make the play. If you don't make it, nobody else is going to make it. Um, Other than Stephon, they don't have very skilled wide receivers. Gabe Davis is a solid route runner. You know, especially in the red zone, he's really good at getting open. But he's not, you know, he's not some of these number twos that other teams have. Dawson Knox is in is a you know a, an average tight end. James Cook is our Georgia boy. I like him. Um, he's still not the answer at running back for that team. I very don't think. matchup dependent. He's a running back or the line. It's been a little. It's been both. Um, James, see, I think James Cook. James Cook is like a DeAndre Swift. Got he's very shifty. I make mean, a lot of people miss in space, but you've got to let him get downhill before he becomes a great runner. He's got to get two, three yards untouched, and then he can put in his work. But if he's getting, you know, hit at the line of scrimmage, hit a yard into his running, he's not the best yards after contact. And there's not a lot of guys that are. You've got your CMCs. You've got Derrick Henry. Bijan has ran pretty well after contact this year. Um, Saquon, when he's healthy, has always been good at that. But you, you've got to select few. So it's very hard to do that. I think the O-line has definitely digressed this year. And we've seen a lot of the Josh Allen turnovers are the same story we saw last year. They're putting the ball in his hands too much. And he's trying, he's having to do too much. And he's trying to force plays that are not there, that are never going to be there. Especially when you got somebody like Stefan who's yelling at you at the sideline. I was open, I was open, I was open. Throwing iPads and... So you're throwing the ball up into double coverage because he's like, I got you, I got you, I got you. And he's tipping the ball straight down into the DB's hands, you know, when you're on the opposing team's 25. Like, so he... Josh hasn't learned to just take points yet, but I think the offense in which he plays in, the scheme with which they run, and their game plan puts a little bit too much pressure on him to where it's like, all right, this is... It's third and 12 on... Our opponents twenty eight, got to get the first down. We got to get a touchdown. A field goal just will not cut it. A field goal is not good, and that's where a lot of these turnovers have happened. So, yeah, definitely they're they're an interesting team for sure. But I feel that same way about a lot of teams in football right now. Like there's really only three standouts. I think I personally, after watching the game last night, would make an argument for the Eagles being the best team in the NFC. I think they're 
their defensive line is one of the best, if not the best in football all around. Great penetration in the running game. They could not get anything going for Miami on the ground last night. You've got three big guys just rotating in and out. So somebody's always staying fresh. And Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, each of who bring something different to the table. Jordan Davis has been an amazing um, He's been amazing against the rush this year. Jalen Carter has gotten in the backfield. Hassan Reddick is playing out of his fucking mind. I think after last night, he's now got six sacks, six and a half sacks on the season. Josh Sweat is playing out of his damn mind. Big play Slay came up again last night. You've got some of the younger Georgia boys, too. Nolan Smith got his first sack last night. Nicobe Dean's playing well. Um, this scheme was great last night. They without Even without some of their bigger-name corners, they were able to scheme it up to where Tyreek was unable to beat them. I know he had 88 reception yards. I feel like that's about average for Tyreek at this point. He's going to get his yards, but if you can eliminate the explosive plays, um, that's a big thing. Jalen Waddle was also coming in and out of that game last night. I also took Tyreek higher than 38 yards after the catch, which normally seems like a lock for them. And I think that's one of the things that surprised me the most about the Eagles' defense is that he was never able to catch a ball in space. If he was catching it, he was going right down after because there was a DB right on him. It was a great scheme. I also think they have the best O-line in football. The brotherly shove is probably the most unstoppable play within a yard. Right now against them, they're so effective on fourth down and at extending drives like they did last night. When you give DeAndre Swift some space, he is one of the better backs in the league. Great pass catching back. A.J. Brown is that dude. He's a top five receiver, in my opinion, in football. Creating space, strong hands, big guy, can beat you with size. Devontae Smith is no slouch either. Dallas Goddard is great when you get him the ball. Um... And I think Jalen Hurts obviously has the edge over Brock Purdy. No, not right now. What'd you just say? Not right now, no. You don't think what? You don't think Jalen Hurts is better than Brock Purdy? I think he's better, but I think Brock Purdy is playing better right now. I think Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback than Brock Purdy for sure. And then I think I I don't trust. The reason I, I think that the 49ers are better than the Eagles is because I don't trust Hurts. I think Purdy plays better in the system that he's in. Um, and but if you okay, so if if you're in the if you're in the NFC Championship, right? Yep. Those two defenses stack up. I would say almost the same. Yep. I think the Niners have a little bit better secondary. They're a little bit better against the pass. Uh The Eagles are better against the rush. Right. They're gonna get after CMC. I don't think in an NFC Championship game we see a hundred yards, hundred and twenty yards from scrimmage. From CMC. I think it becomes more of a pass game for the Niners. Yep. The same can be said for the Eagles. I think they would actually have a little bit more success against the Niners running the football than the Niners would have running the football against them. But at that point, the game comes down to two QBs. And I've got, right, right I've got more faith in Jalen Hurts right. being able to make plays. I'm not talking about not making mistakes. We're talking about having to make plays, create plays, and get his team the win. I think if I'm asking somebody to get my team the win, 
lead my team to a win, not play his role, and it's a team win. I'm talking about you're pretty much evenly stacked on both sides of the ball. At every position, I got more faith in Jalen Hurts to be able to win a game than I do to Brock Purdy to win a game. I'm still taking, like, you're talking about, like, last drive of the game, you need to go down the field. you got to go down the field and score. I'm still taking the Niners in that offense. I'm still taking the scheme. I think I am, too. Nah, I can't. I can't say the same. I can't. I'm not, I'm not saying Brock can't get out of the pocket and make plays like Jalen Hurts can. Jalen Hurts can't stand it and make a good throw like Brock Purdy can. I don't know, man. I watched a a good. I watched good play from Jalen Hurts last night against who? If you were asking all of us, I would say even what last week we're telling you that the Dolphins are a top four team in the league. Yeah, top five. Yeah, I still think they're top eight. They're top ten. For sure. But there's a big difference between the, the defenses on those the Niners versus the Dolphins. Niners Dolphins and is I free, think or the Niners the Dolphins defense is freaky athletic, but they're not as good. Like they're they haven't produced. Yeah. Like they've got talent on that line. Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins. Jalen Phillips still has to get into his Jalen Phillips is still developing. He's still yeah, he's still finding on his, the back end they've got Javon Holland. Xavier Howard was out last night, but I still don't think he would have made a ginormous difference in that game. Ramsey's coming back in the next three weeks. I don't know what we're going to get out of him anymore, though. We'll see. He's getting old. And I think I think if, if you're in that situation in the NFC Championship and you need a game-winning drive, two-minute drive, if the Eagles have the ball, you can almost – you know where Jalen Hurts is looking. You know where he's looking. He's looking to A.J. Brown. He's gonna try and make the play to AJ Brown. Yeah, if Devontae Smith is open, then he'll go there. But his main priority is I need to get AJ Brown the football. When you look at the 49ers, I don't think that they I don't think they right now are playing the well, same. Well they don't have they don't have an AJ Brown. No, but they're a lot more versatile in that you can they ha, they can they have a lot more players on that offense who can answer the call with Debo back. I think you got Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, CMC. CMC. Okay, so they've got the running back. Mm-hmm. Kittle is a great complete tight end. Kittle's a better tight end than Goddard. In terms of pass blocking, run blocking, Catching. fitting the scheme. Catching. But I think if we're talking about route running Kittle. and pass catching ability, yards after the catch, Kittle. I think they're about Kittle. even. I'll take Kittle and all. I don't think it's – like, CMC and DeAndre Swift is a large difference. Mm-hmm. I don't think the same is said about Kittle and Goddard. No, but they also large. have Debo, Ayuk. Okay, A.J. Brown's better than Debo. Yeah, but I'm Devontae just – Devontae Smith is better than Brandon Ayuk. Mm, that's not true. I that think is, that's gap, definitely true. I think the gap between Goddard and Kittle is about the same as the gap between Kittle and Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. Goddard is. Trying Goddard to, is. I'm trying to compute. Goddard is good, but gap. he's not very. He's not in. He's, he's not as athletic as Kittle is. I don't think he's an X factor. I think Kittle's an X factor in every game. I don't see. I don't. I don't feel that way about Kittle. Maybe it's because they don't. He's not. Kittle's not a normally good a focal point of their offense. But I feel like in terms of usage and what he has provided. But I that feel like blocking is part of his usage, like the way he's utilized in the run game. Yeah, I said he's a better blocker for sure. That's he's part probably of his usage. he is probably the best blocking tight end 
but in that's football. Part of, that's part of his. But we're talking about we're talking about final drive of the game. I don't think there is there's not a large discrepancy at any position there other than running back. And DeAndre Swift is a very competent pass catcher out of the backfield. No team is you got one timeout. You're trying to get down. A touchdown wins the game. You're not running the ball. No. You're not running the ball. But I still have more faith in Shanahan's ability to pick apart the defense and the secondary and get one of his four playmakers consistently involved. I'm talking about quarterback. That's all I'm talking about. And I, I have seen Jalen Hurts lead game-winning drives and play in big moments. Uh, the dude had one of the greatest losing performances in the Super Bowl I've ever seen last year. I have not. I haven't seen Brock Purdy do that in any game yet. He hasn't needed Damn, to. If I, this but that's is, what I'm saying is that well, if I've got if you if you get me to the NFC Championship this year with the way both teams are playing, mm-hmm. right? And Brock is still, we'll say exactly what Jack has been trying to tell me he is, and just very good only because of that system, only because of the system. I, I'm, there's no way I'm putting more faith in a guy who has never proven to me that he can do such versus a guy who has done it multiple times with experience in the big games. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not talking about system. I'm talking about QBs. I don't, I don't, it doesn't matter about the system. The system matters, but if we're talking about faith in who, I, who I'm like, if you take one team with all the same pieces... And you go, all right, we got two minutes to get down the field. You have the same weapons, same offensive line, same weapons, same head coach. And I've got two options, and it's Brock Purdy and Jalen Hurts. I'm taking the guy who has proven that he can do it, who can extend plays with his legs, who can get outside of the pocket. I'm taking Jalen Hurts. I mean, you can also look at it like, yeah, Jalen Hurts won that NFC Championship game, but the 49ers had a... Fucking cardboard cutout of Brock. Yeah, Curry. but I'm, he didn't he didn't win that game and then go suck ass in the Super Bowl. No, he went balled the fuck out. Yeah, he also has not had any other than that one pass he made last night. He's not had any big moments this season. He leads the NFL in interceptions. Yeah, the turnovers have been bad. Bad. Now the interception last night was a it was a tip tip ball. ball. Yeah, so, so there's that one. He did a fumble too, though, didn't he? The fumble mm-hmm. was. The fumble was bad. I the fumble. I was kind of looking around, like, "What were you? What, what were you trying to do there?" I didn't under I didn't understand the fumble. I still have more faith in him, though, and I guess I now, based on what last week's episode or the week before, am contradicting myself slightly, which is fine in this instance because I think Jalen Hurts is asked to make more plays. And Brock Purdy has. Yes. And the more times the ball is put in your hands and the game is resting in your hands, you're going to make more mistakes. It's just like That's just how it goes. So when you're more of the focal point, day in, day out, game after game, you're going to make more mistakes than the guy who is not asked to pick apart a defense, move outside of the pocket, extend plays with his legs, so on and so forth. Yes, Jack, I completely understand. This game is complete. <laughs> That's what I said. I, I, com- <laughs> I contradicted myself from last week, and I had I been arguing more with myself, I guess, I probably would have kind of gotten where you were coming from. But, yeah, I think so. 
obviously the turnovers. He's got more interceptions this season than he had all of last season. Mm-hmm. I also think after making that Super Bowl run, what are you going to do to your quarterback the next season? You're going to put more of the pressure on him. He's the spotlight's going to be more on him. And he has not responded well. Who, he's chasing we Dak can, Prescott from last season. We can say that about that so 15, many quarterbacks this season, though. Is is all I'm is all I'm saying in that? Like we're saying, on one hand, you're saying you can't take anything from this NFL season, but on the other hand, you'll make assumptions that like Jalen Hurts isn't going to be able to win any big games this year because he's been turnover prone in the regular season. You see what I'm saying? Like Joe Burrow has what four interceptions, five interceptions? He's been hurt like the entire year. Oh. Okay, but that's that's their interceptions. That's an injury. Jalen Hurts was fucking hurt last night. Hurt. I'm not convinced. He was not hurt as bad as Joe Burrow has been all year. And he has. You didn't didn't watch him limp the entire game. No. Not once. You were like, I didn't. I didn't see it. I wasn't like eyes glued to the TV watching the game, but I didn't see it. How many? How many interceptions did you say Hurts had? Is eight. Seven. Eight now. Is it eight? With last night's eight. Interesting. Patty Mahomes is at six right now. He hasn't been doing as well as he did last season either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But nobody's going to talk about that. He's not going to talk about that. Y'all aren't going to bring up any if, – if, if I am arguing a quarterback and you're on the opposite side, you, you refuse to look at anybody else and be like, oh, well, yeah, he's not doing well either. Oh, it's a down year for this quarterback too. I mean, Yeah, we- quarterbacks just haven't <laughs> been playing as well. You're just going to – basically you just want to sit here and tell me I'm wrong. Is basically where I mean, we're we at. We can on this talk one. about Mahomes. I'm, we're just comparing Hertz to Purdy right now. Yeah, and your your whole thing is turnovers. All right, Patty has six interceptions this year. You saying Patty's a turnover machine? I mean, this season, yes, he is. This season, and has it has it affected their record? Not really. Has Jalen Hurts' turnovers affected their record? I get no, not really. That's my point. The more times that you are tasked with winning your team the football game, the more times you are going to make mistakes. Has Brock Purdy's lack of athleticism and lack of being ability taking taken an effect on their record? It has. They'd be undefeated. No, a kicker no. fucked them. They he got him to like a forty one yard with field two goal. bullshit ass penalties. At least I mean, one of them. Also, it's at least one of them. I think we can pick apart games that the Eagles have had that have fallen. The Jets game, Jalen Hurts, you're saying Jalen Hurts' turnovers didn't affect the result of that game. He threw three picks and a pick six with two minutes left in the game. Yeah, but they won. No, they didn't. No, no they, they didn't. didn't. They oh, lost. they did lose that game. You're right. Okay, so that's one and one. That's what I'm saying. So we can't pick apart games. If we're picking one game, then let's go pick that game. The Niners that, defense that game also. didn't fall on Brock Purdy. That game... That game fell on Jalen Hurts. That game did not fall on Brock Purdy. If the argument is that turnovers don't affect, that's not true because his turnovers ended that game and ended their perfect season, whereas Brock Purdy played a good game, like a decent game against the Browns. And, and their defense he did not play a good game. Decent. That's why I said decent. I correct myself because he only had like 120 Man. yards. But that's all he's asked to do because that game fell on the kicker. And the defense. The yeah, defense. So the, the better quarterback is still Jalen Hurts. I did, yeah, I'm not I'm arguing that. Nobody's arguing that. Jalen Hurts is I'm a top-five quarterback. Th- that's what I don't understand. I'm arguing right I, now. That, that's what makes no sense to me. 
What's How are you going to tell me the better quarterback you would not take? Because quarterback in a game wins are, winning. Because wins are not a quarterback stat. Wins do not fall on the quarterback. There are twenty-two people on the field. It does not fall on one. No. No, and it's also coaching. I trust Shanahan right now a lot more than Nick Sirianni to go down the field and be like, "Okay, this is what we're going to. This is what we're going to do to get seven. This is how I'm going to pick apart the." So Eagles. you're taking Brock Purdy over Joe Burrow and the Bengals on a last-minute drive? Yes. No. Why? Why? Go ahead. Why? Why am I, if it's if it's the 49ers defense. No, no, no. I'm 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 not questioning you, Jack. Oh. He said no. Why? What's Why? the difference? You trust Zach Taylor's last minute play calling over Kyle Shanahan's? No. You think Zach Taylor's a better head coach than no, Nick Sirianni? Okay, I will take Brock Purdy then. Yeah. That's my. You have to take Brock Purdy in that situation then ten out of ten times. So if you're okay with that, you're telling me you take Brock. Over, I think the only exception I would give Brock, you is I Pat think, Mahomes. I think you have to. I think you have to clarify. It's not Brock that but we're that, taking. I don't it's have the, to. My the argument the entire offense. time was the quarterback. Well, then that's, quarterback. It's not a versus win, quarterback, but it's not a win. Quarterbacks wins are not a quarterback stat. It's an offense. It's the Eagles' offense. That's not necessarily true. I will take wins are not here. a quarterback stat. Not all the time, but like let me reword this. When thing. he was okay, great example. When he was playing, top three. In most game-winning or who? What are we talking about? In game-winning drives, who? Matt Ryan was top three. Okay. We never had a top other than the Super Bowl year. It was our one standout year. We never had a top three offense. We never had a top five Matt, offense. But were you calling Matt Ryan a top three quarterback or a top five quarterback? No, never. In, Maybe in 2016, one year. Because, uh, he it's had not, a because it's few not a stretches of years, yes. But he was never he won, top. Five. He won those games. No, he did not. The offense won those games. The Falcons won those games. You cannot say Matt Ryan won those football games. Just like Kirk Cousins didn't win 10 one score games last year or 11 or whatever. It, was. it wasn't Kirk Cousins, it was the offense. The offense wins football games on the last minute drive. The quarterback is not to be given complete credit for a win that's not fair to the rest of the team and it's not fair if a team loses if if a team somehow goes four and out on a game-winning drive it doesn't fall on the quarterback if he got sacked two times okay yeah like in the the dolphins chargers game week one yeah they didn't fall on justin herbert that was no that was the o-line and brandon staley so then a win cannot fall but if if justin herbert would have evaded the pressure on those two sacks he took in that final drive, yep. and got outside of the pocket and ran for a first down, or scrambled until Keenan Allen was able to find himself open. Yeah, I'm going to give majority of that win, or at least majority of the drive that won the game to Justin Herbert. I'll say he because the O line in that instance, the O line killed over and died. So if he's getting outside of the pocket with no help, scrambling buying time so that his receivers can get open, and then he finds somebody downfield, that is a Justin Herbert made that play. Because at that it. point, the whatever the OC called, you're not running no more. The offensive line did not do its job, and no receivers were open to begin with. That's I hard. don't think it's 100% one way or the other, but I don't think you can ever, you can't look at a lot of these game-winning drives by some guys and be like, no, the team won that one. So you're saying the, the quarterback I'll, is the only one to make plays? 
Like if, if, if he threw... No, but if, okay. Perfect example, though. If fucking CMC, it was, there was 24 seconds left in the game, and you're on the... You're on your own 47. Yep. And your offense has been stagnant as fuck the entire second half. You have not scored a single point in the second half, and that's why the game's tied. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, we'll say the game's tied. Sure. You got to get in field goal range, 24 seconds. And you toss CMC a little dump ball out in the flat, five yards downfield, and CMC runs the other 47 yards for a TD to win the game. Who gets the majority of the response? Uh, who... If you're just looking at the team, like who won that game? It's never going to be a hundred percent. You know whose statistic that would go into? Matt Ryan's game-winning drive statistics. Kirk Cousins' game-winning yeah, drive for statistics. sure. And in that instance, if but you just, like who when Julio when Julio caught that ball against the Eagles, like two yards behind the line, yeah, I know what you're fourth talking. and two, yeah. and took off. You wonder who won that game? Julio Jones. He made the play. He made the play. Nine times out of ten, that does not happen. So you're saying it depends on the play that gets them to that. Not always. Like, shit. I'm saying it's situational. So you can't always. But you can never be like. Okay. If a quarterback leads the drive, all of his throws are dots. He's getting outside of the pocket. He's extending plays. The quarterback should receive, especially if he had a good game. Should receive the majority of the love for that win. Sure, he can exactly. get he can get like seventy percent of the love, and the receiver who caught it and who made the athletic play to get into the end zone or get into whatever can take some credit, and the offensive line can take some credit, and the head coach can take some credit for drawing it up. There's a lot of people to give credit to on a successful play. But I'm you know, and maybe you're right, but that's also just like the way the game works. Like right. if you listen to any, you can't if you listen to anybody talk about it, right? Like I'm not the only one. You can watch ESPN panels and shit. Who gets majority of the blame when a, when a football team loses? If we're just talking about any regular day, who gets majority of the blame when they lose? The quarterback. And if it's not the quarterback, it's normally coach. the coach. The coach. It's the way it works. When Wait. you win close games and your quarterback leads you on a game-winning drive, who normally gets majority of the love? Depends on the quarterback. <laughs> the quarterback. The quarterback. If you and, and then, af- saying, and then after is, that, it's what normally what I'm saying is is that subjective, and I don't think that's necessarily fair. I didn't. Well, life isn't fair. I, I'm, I'm saying so, I understand that, but I don't think that's accurate. I don't think it's correct to give the quarterback. I'm just talking about it the way I've always heard it been talked about. I'm talking. I'm not about out here trying. I, I'm not out here trying to change the way people perceive the game of football. I'm saying. That if you look at a team, anybody who watches sports or anybody who's big into football, if, you, if you're watching your own team, if you lose, unless your defense gave up 55, you're not, you're not putting the loss on the defense. Like a, a, a great example, LSU. You can put some losses on the defense. 55 to Ole Miss is fucking pathetic. Yes, you scored 49. You can put that loss on your defense. Had you lost that game 21 to 17, though? Where does, it, where does that blame go? Depend. I mean, if Jaden Daniels plays bad, then Jaden Daniels, but he didn't play bad that game. So you have. But the defense gave up 55. That's what I'm yes. saying. The defense holds them to three scores. 
who if you don't if you're not looking at the box score, you don't look at the box score. You didn't get to watch the game, nothing. Somebody tells you LSU lost. 21 to 17. Where's the first place your mind goes? Jane Daniels probably played bad. It's like it's like that across the board. That game falls on the defense. Jane Daniels had a shot inside the 26 yard line in the fourth quarter through an incomplete pass and ended the game. They had, yeah, a 26 yarder with in a after two fucking penalties after, in a quarter three. Yeah. So they're playing court. They're playing for It's prevent. not all on the defense because they had a chance. They got into Mississippi State territory. No, nah, that game's on the defense. I'm saying it's not all on the defense. The majority of that game's on the defense. You gave up 55. You gave up 55. I, I agree that it's to Jackson should, Dart, but it's not 100 percent on the defense. They gave up 55 points, but it's not 100 percent on the defense. Okay, I'll, 85. That's fine. Then. When a quarterback loses a game, it's not 100% on the quarterback. And if That's what I said. I, I agree with you on that. What I did say is that there is always going to be someone majority at fault. It's the way life works. Right. I don't, I, so if I you can put a quarterback. But I think when, when it's the quarterback 90% of the time that's getting that blame, I don't think that's right. Because I think you I'm, can look that's, at, But that's not. I, under, I understand where you're coming from. I don't disagree with you i am just living in the reality portion of this where people not just myself Stephen a fucking adam chat like go look they at anybody blame it. they don't go blame quarterbacks either uninformed people don't bl- blame quarterbacks who are like oh our quarterback did so bad he didn't blah, 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 blah. our quarterback is the greatest quarterback he led us down the field in an 80 yard drive uninformed people Blame and reward quarterbacks. Inform people. Former players will never go, he's the reason they won the game. You will never, ever hear a former player go, that guy right there, unless he had 380 yards. Like, perfect example, Chris Jones defending Zach Wilson a couple weeks ago after Rodney Harrison. That was also Zach Wilson's best game so far as a Jet. That was a former former player, too. Rodney. Yeah. Rodney Harrison. Being a dickhead. Yeah. That but was, that's why a lot of uh, ex-players hate Skip Skip Bayless. Because Skip is uninformed, and he blames individual play like quarterbacks for losses. If the Falcons would have lost yesterday, if you just look at the box score, you could pick out one player who had the most to do with that loss. Uh, Arthur Smith. I think he's the worst, yes. Bijan had but one if, carry. But if you look at the box score, Desmond Ritter had three fumbles. If you lose that game, how does majority of the blame? Now again, sure, we don't have to go 100%. I'm fine with that. How does 75% of the blame not go to Desmond Ritter? That's so a lot of it does, but if you look at those I didn't watch the game. Were I, those fumbles all his fault or did he get blindsided? I didn't I didn't get to watch I didn't get to watch the game. It was his fault, I think. I think unless the fumble was unless the snap was bad. He fumbled I don't know. on I the did, goal line. I, I didn't get that. to. I didn't get to watch the game. He fumbled on the goal line. I know that. I saw that one. Yeah, on the if he line. got hit from behind or strip sacked twice, ninety percent of that time, it falls on line. the offensive line. And the other ten percent of the time, it's because the quarterback has absolutely no pocket presence. So there's a fair amount of no pocket presence, but at least one of those probably fell on the offensive line. Okay, so, so we'll say two. So that's two possessions, though. I agree. That your quarterback has given up. But that's another. 15% off the quarterback. So now we're down to like 60, 60%. That's still majority. I, I'm not saying it's not. But I'm yeah, not. but uh, that's not, I'm not arguing with you in absolutes. I'm saying the deals in absolutes. there is always going to be one person 
who gets blamed more or rewarded more for wins or losses. Always. And I think that's, and I think that's dumb and uninformed. That's what, I, that's what I'm trying to say about this. I'm not trying to say that you blame the quarterback all the time or you give all the quarterback credit. I'm trying to make it a point that people who give all the credit to quarterbacks and blame quarterbacks for every loss are uninformed and stupid. Former players don't do that. Sports analysts who know what they're doing don't do that. Idiots who want clicks and views blame quarterbacks and praise quarterbacks. That's how the sports media world works. You can do both. You can do both and be right in certain instances. In certain instances, yes, I will say. That's all I'm saying. I was uh, no point in this was I speaking in absolutes. I know, but, I, but the I, whole the whole argument was if it's a if if we're looking at quarterbacks and you go, well, Brock Purdy plays in the best system, so give me Brock Purdy to lead the game winning drive. All right, that's the team. Exactly, that is the team. Yep. If you watch football, you cannot look at me. And go, I would take in this same system, like let's say both quarterbacks were playing yep, in the 49er system. 49er system. Sure. I'm taking Jalen Hurts. There's no fucking way you're taking Brock Purdy. I'm taking Jalen no, Hurts. No, I'm taking Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts that is was my whole argument. No, okay. we, we were always agreeing that Jalen Hurts he is was a better not. He was arguing Brock Purdy till the fucking end. Jalen Hurts is a better quarterback, but in these systems yep. that they're in, I, I will, will take I'll reword Brock my Purdy. argument. I trust Hurts better than Purdy to lead the team. I trust Burrow, probably Allen. Allen's not clutch though. Mahomes over those those echelon of quarterbacks. They have better ability. They're more talented. Yes, and they have proven that they can do it. Yes, that but, was my argument. But I had nothing. To, it had nothing to do with the team. I don't give a shit about the team. But that's not fair. You can't like they they play but in this position. He right is now, in the better system. Sure. Yes, but I'm taking Purdy. And the four, and no, you're the taking 49ers. the Niners. Yes. You're taking the Niners. You're not taking Purdy. You're taking the Niners. Yes. Sure. Yeah. We're talking quarterback, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Same system. Hurts. You're hurts. taking Hurts. All the hurts. If but, we're talking who has the better chance in a two-minute drill, the Niners. The entire Niners team. Correct. Yes. Not Brock Purdy. Correct. That was my argument the entire time. That's what we were saying. That's not what he was saying. That's what I was saying. Not what he was saying. All right. We said we weren't going to do it. We do it every week now. Every it's week. A, every week. Hurts it's kind of, well, it's something I say, and then y'all are like, there's no fucking way. And I'm like, all right, bro, I'm going to die on my hill. I don't care. At least it's entertaining. Um, NBA a little bit. We can jump into the NBA for a minute. Victor Wobinyama looks like a dog. He's going to. I'm not sold yet. He's going to be so good. I got to see him play a full season. He's, I got to see him put on like 50 pounds. He's so thin, dude. He is so thin. I think he's thinner than KD was when he came out of Texas. Zion would murder him. Yeah, like again, he's going to have a tough time down low, dude. You don't think they'll ever play each other? Not this season. You think they'll be well, You think Zion's still out all season? He's well, set to play, I'm pretty sure. I think either Wimby's going to get hurt or Zion's going to get sidelined. If he gets sidelined again, he's done. You think? He got drafted in what? 18? I, was, I think it's 19? 19. I don't like him anymore. I love him coming Man. out of college. Through 28 dude. games, he was averaging 26, 7, and 4 and a half. Dude, he's a year. generational talent, but you got to play. And you got to, like, not be at NBA Eddie Lacy. Yeah. 
I think yeah. I think Wimby's going to be good. Yeah, he obviously needs to get bigger, but his presence. I think he's going to struggle this year. He's I only don't nineteen think so. too. He's super young. He's never played against this kind of talent. He's got to play against guys like Jokic, who are six eleven down I mean, low, also two hundred and like fifty pounds, dude. He might play him only. He might only play him once or twice though. He's gonna have to play the Jokic's. He's gonna have to play the ads. He's gonna have to play. Bad as I cannot stand him, Tingus Pingus. He's gonna have to play Brooke Lopez. He's gonna have to play even like Clint Capella. Guys who are physical with size down low. He is going to struggle with. Height is not everything in the NBA. Great, he's what, 7'2"? 7'4"? Seven, 7'4". Seven, yeah, he's Williams great. He's got play, size. Yeah, but I don't think just because he's, he's skinny, I don't think he's going to yeah, get out-physicaled by every center in the league. They play game one? Huh? They play game one. I didn't I say everybody. I'm just saying, I'm saying well, some of the – he's not – I don't think like, he's I don't gonna, think – he's not going to average – I know you're not going to like this, but I don't think Clint would lock him down. I don't think he would. never said he would lock him down. He's gonna he's gonna have a hard time though against guys who play that physical, because he doesn't have the size to match. You think the Spurs will have a better record this in Wimby's first year than they did in Tim Duncan's first year? What was I their, think they were real bad Tim Duncan's first year. No, they went they were bad the year before when Tim Duncan first started. They went fifty six and twenty six. No way they went fifty six games. No, <laughs> it was no it, shot. Who else was on Timmy D's team? Manu. No, Dang, not the Thunder. Don't play the Pelicans till January twenty sixth. They had Tim Duncan, Sean Elliott, Reggie Geary. They still had uh, the Admiral. Yeah, they did have David Robinson. This team will be worse. Oh no, the Pelicans play the Thunder November first. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Spurs record last year? Last year, pretty bad. Bad. That's how they got the first. Fourth period. game of the season, they play each other. Spurs twenty twenty two. They might make it four games in. They went 34 and 48. Count. Zion literally said, I'm not going to play till I feel like Zion. No, 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 no. He was said he was cleared to play last, before yeah, the play-in game. Yeah, they went 22 I mean. and 60 last year. They will they will be better than that this year. Yeah, they'll win 30, 35 games. Hopefully. I think Wemby will average like 18 points a game this year. I think we're going to have a ton He's of, not dragging them to the playoffs, though. I think we're no, gonna, or the play-in. No. I think no. we're going to have a ton of um, – what's the word I'm looking for? I think – and I'll say it on camera right now. I think Wemby will win Rookie of the Year. I don't think that's much of a sweat. What are the odds on Wemby? Do you think? He's probably minus won. what? No, it's oh, not Chet's, minus. He'd be plus. Chet's pretty close. I mean, oh, I forgot about Chet. Uh, Wemby's probably like a plus four fifty favorite right Y'all now. Y'all sleeping plus, on plus one twenty minus is his favorite. Plus one twenty. Who else is in the Scoot? Is second at two forty. That was going to be my pick. Two eighty. And it jumps all the way to 1,600 with Brandon Miller, 1,200 Cam Whitmore, Amen Thompson, 25, Jairus Walker, 25. Jairus. I got – I think I think if I, think, I was going to pick one, it would be Scoot. I think Wemby will have it won by the All-Star break. <laughs> Brandon Miller. Who's he playing for? Hornets second overall. You've got this man oh, coming man. out and playing like Shaq in his first season. No, but I don't think he has to this year. I think 18, 19 points a game this year by the All-Star break will get him the – I think will solidify him as the rookie of the year. I think Scoot's going to have a great season. I think he's already played against some better talent than Wimby has. He's injury prone, though. You already know he's injury prone. Who? Scoot. Scoot. He also is going to be. G League. A little preseason summer league, right? Yeah. He's going to be the primary. I mean, who do the Trailblazers have now? A bunch. Their whole roster turned over. Shaden Sharp. uh, Shaden Sharp. Nazir um, Little. 
What's his name? If uh, he's healthy, Scoot's going to be the starting man. point guard. The one guy who no, the one guy who played kind of well. Oh, they have Aiton. They have Aiton, and what's who's that the, other guy? Sh- we're blanking on the best player on the team. I think the point guard. No, I'm thinking of the Trailblazers. I'm looking up the roster. Who am I thinking of? Drew Holiday. No, no. Anthony Simons. Anthony Simons. That's who I was thinking. Of. He they was already, good. They, they have Jeremy Grant, Drew. Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams. So it's a Matisse bunch of Thibel. They're very pieced together. Like they got a lot of role players. Robert Williams will be good. Outside of so their starting five is going to be Scoot. I guess Eagles just traded for. Kevin Byard for Terrell Edmonds, Holy a fourth shit. and a sixth. Terrell Edmonds sucks ass. That's a big pickup for uh for the Eagles defense. Kevin Byard's one of the best safeties in the league. So Scoot or Drew, I, Scoot will probably play. The Drew's, on the, Drews on the Drews on the Celtics. Celtics. Oh, why is it have him on the Blazers right now? He was traded, he was oh, traded there right. in the three team deal. So and Scoot, then immediately. Scoot and Anthony will play the one and the two. I then don't you think have their depth chart on ESPN right now is Scoot, Anthony, Shadian. Shaden, Jeremy Grant, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, I think that's a two reasons why I think Scoot will has a better chance, in my opinion, to win Rookie of the Year if both guys stay healthy. We're saying barring any injuries to both guys. One, Scoot's going to be more of a primary ball handler. He's going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to have more opportunities. Two, he plays on the better team. Talent-wise, the Trailblazers have a better roster. The Spurs roster is real bad. Jeremy Sohan, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Wemby, and Zach Collins. So That's I know one sucks. person outside of Wemby on that team. Who? Um, Zeldon. Come on, you know Jeremy Sohan. Sochan? No. Baylor, the guy with pink hair. Sochan was solid Devin last Vassell year. went to Auburn. And they've got Trey Jones at the two. I gave y'all one of his career paths. Yeah, I, yeah, I remember it now. <laughs> I think Devin Vassell just got <laughs> an Fucking extension. Asshole. I think he's he pretty did. good. He's pretty solid. That's a bad team, dude. What's the team? Vassell Evers, 18, 4, and 3 and a half. That dude's going to be pretty good like next all year. All teams are good. Like, word for it? Yeah. Sohan's young. He's 20, uh, but he had... You know what I'm thinking of? What did you say? What is the word when, like, every team is good? Like, there's a lot of disparity, like... Parity? Parity, thank you. I think in the West, there's going to be a ton of parity. I don't think there's any teams that, like, are going to suck. I don't think the Spurs are going to be any good. I think this... I, I mean, this roster the only isn't team that terrible. Might suck is the Jazz. Zach Collins, Zach Collins is not very good, but Wemby I think so is going to play well. Vassell and Keldon Johnson are very good. Yeah, plus they signed. They win thirty games. Fred VanVleet and they signed Dylan. Dylan. All these guys are young. Yeah, None of these guys are over. That's the what year. I'm saying. It's not it, inexperienced and no big names outside of Wemby. They're not going to be very good. I think next week we should come with our NBA predictions. After week one, yeah, I got to see a few teams play first. We'll see all. Well, I mean, I won't see all of them play. I'm not going to sit and see all the waste my time scores. watching a bunch of teams I don't give a shit about. But He's going to be watching LeBron, though. Yeah, he will. I will um, be. I'll be watching and see Bradley Beal and Devin Booker eat that Laker ass. Yep. Am I on a Laker island this week? Does not surprise me one bit. I mean, I didn't do it because I'm – I think – I don't think they'll start 0-2. I think they're going to win one of the games, and I picked the game that I thought they were I've started win. to move away from that as far as pick'em goes. Like, oh, this team lost last week. There's no way they lose two in a row. It has never worked for me. Maybe it'll work for you. It has never worked for me. I I started to find that that is a bad way to pick games. I still think that the Suns... That's also a more I, emotional pick for you, so... I still think it's going to take the, the Suns some time because, yeah, they're legit. They might be better than they were last year, but, I mean, they still got to... 
they still got to gel. It seemed like at times last year they were kind of, you know, at – they were kind of on – they didn't see eye to eye. I don't know. In the playoffs, year. Devin Booker and KD were completely fine sharing the ball. In the playoffs they were, but now you got the a new primary ball handler. Who's better than Chris Paul. Yeah, I'm not saying he's worse. I'm just saying it's a new ball handler. He's going to want the ball more than Chris Paul did. I think they're going to be just fine. Katie's I don't, always been pretty good at it's sharing being, the ball. Yeah. Even on yeah. the Warriors with like a stacked-ass roster. He yeah, he was ball. sharing the ball. Steph was still getting his points. Clay was still getting his points. Werner, I think you're expecting more of like a net start. And I don't think – I think that's more wishful thinking out of you for teams like the Lakers this year to have a good year than it is being realistic. Devin Booker and Katie shared the ball just fine last year. They didn't have no issues when they were both on the floor. No issues. Bradley Beal is a better guard at this stage in his career than Chris Paul is. He's going to play. He's going to be more dynamic. He's more athletic. He can score more. All of those things. I don't see them having any issues really early trying to figure out who to give the ball to. I think everybody knows their place. Bradley in my mind, has got to be happy just to be out of fucking Washington. Because who the hell would not be? Who would not be? Hey, Jordan Poole's going to be putting up numbers. Kyle Kuzma. I think he actually will. I think he actually will have a pretty decent season over there. I just think that team will still be pretty bad. Well, yeah, but I mean. I think think there's a few teams you can rule out of being any good this year. Like, play-in good. Hornets, Wizards. Hornets, Wizards, Spurs. Rockets. Rockets. Mm. I just Is John Wall gonna play this year? John Wall's in the Clippers. But I'm just, is he gonna play? You see the Clippers turn down a trade for Harden? Yeah, I did. Really? I don't yeah. really see Jalen Green as a leader. And um they don't need to be. They got Fred Van Vliet now. Oh, yeah, and Dylan they, Brooks. They do have Vance. Alfred Shengun. Jalen Green, Jabari. Um, I was Denny so surprised. I was so surprised that Dylan Brooks didn't have to learn fucking Chinese. Yeah. I thought that man was good and gone after talking all that shit to Braun. They might make a play in push. That's what I'm saying. Don't poke there. Maybe the Pistons. Mm. Well, I, I don't think the Bulls are going to do anything. No. They made the play in this last season. Mm. It's ugly though. They don't have. They only made the plan because they were a two seed for half the season. Their point guard is going to be. Season, they literally just. Yeah, they started um, uber hot. Lonzo's not going to play this year. Nope. Demar just needs to bring his daughter to every game. Have, <laughs> have her <laughs> scream every time somebody shoots free throws. That shit's wild, man. Imagine Demar have, to the... having the seat like. Oh, dude. <laughs> in front of her. I'd call security. I'd be like, <laughs> I didn't pay all this money for this shit. Did not pay all this money for this shit. Yeah, I'm cool with uh, NBA predictions next week. Sweet. I definitely, I feel like the, NBA, the NBA is a lot harder to pick, in my opinion, than the NFL is. Tune in next week for NBA predictions. NBA predictions. We'll give you our lock to go ahead and bet, you know, finals odds. Yep. I'm definitely putting something in on that. Little futures. Huh? Little futures bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we should all pick a team. I was thinking of this just now. This is before we wrap it up, just really quick. I think we should all spin a wheel and of NHL teams, and we all have to pick. We all get where we get, and then we're just a fan of that team now. I already picked my team. Who's your team? Colorado. Why'd you pick them? 
because uh, it's the only team I somewhat have like ties to. We bought their flag because it matched the Sixers flag in our old studio. I was in Colorado <laughs> when they made their deep playoff run like two years ago. Well, I'm gonna and spin so, the wheel. And so I just I heard about it, and it's probably like the first time I ever started watching any hockey. I watched a little bit of one of their playoff games while I was in Denver, and I love Denver. So it makes in in my mind it makes sense because I was there. So it gives me like some form of connection, and I like Denver. I will definitely revisit Denver. So like, I've got a good chance of going and actually watching an Avalanche game. Like if I ended up with like the Edmonton Oilers, dude, I'm never going to Edmonton. Yeah, if I get a Canadian team, I'm switching. I'm never going to Edmonton. I really like Connor McDavid. Dude is a fucking dog, and the Oilers are pretty good. I'm never going to Edmonton. That's why I'm going to pick a team that I have somewhat of a connection to, and I enjoy their city, so I can go watch them. Well, tune in next week for our NBA predictions and see what team we end up with in the in the NHL. I've already got mine, but yeah, see what the guys get. If it's a really bad team, you guys can you guys can respin. No, I'll fuck it, I'm that. gonna ride or die with them. Oh, really? Yeah. See, I need. Is a bad team. I didn't know the Aval- I didn't know the Avalanche had the best flyers. The Penguins, bruh. Oh yeah, I don't know why I, was, I forgot. Joe's already got a team. I got my team, so it's just you and Lance, I guess. Even though Lance said he thought he already had his team. I'm still thinking about it. Cincinnati Reds. Bro, like the Golden Knights. I do like. Kind of want to be a Kraken fan. I also didn't know mm-hmm. when I told Lance that the Avalanche was going to be my team for this season. I had no idea they had the best odds to win the Stanley Cup this yeah, year. Yeah, they're like the best team in the NHL. Yeah, I had no clue. Like, I'm dead ass honest. I had no idea. So that wasn't based on that. It was like just the, me being in Denver when they were in the playoffs was like a connection I could make. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll rock with them. If I remember correctly, I thought you were a, a Bruins fan last season. Yeah, it was more of just a bandwagon, though. <laughs> I still rooted for the Avalanche in all their games. Well, in their series, their one series, got knocked off early, first round. But, yeah, also, dude, I'm an Atlanta fan through and through. I can't take any more fucking, like, riding with a shit-ass team, dude. I can't do it. I'm a Falcons fan. I've literally had one year to cheer for my entire life. Um, I'm a Hawks fan. I'm a Hawks fan. The closest I ever got was when a fucking ref decided he must have money on the Bucks, decided to fucking take Trey Young out. So our NBA Finals hopes were brewing that season. And other than the Braves, one World Series in my lifetime, they have been a true Atlanta team. Choke artist. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking a good team, and y'all can fuck off about it because I am tired of watching motherfuckers lose. That's all I got. That's all I got. Joseph? That's all I got. Word. All right. As always, we're out every Thursday mornings. We appreciate you guys so much for tuning in. Um, check us. We're out Thursday morning, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. My brain is not working. And then check us out. All the games and shit we play, TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Facebook, Instagram, all that good-ass jazz. We will see you guys next week. Peace.